Welcome to this message from Eastwood Baptist Church, one church with two locations in Bowling Green and Alberton, Kentucky. To learn more, visit eastwoodbc.org. Now, may the Lord bless you in the hearing of His Holy Word. Grab your copy of God's Word. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And I have a message today that I pray will challenge the socks off of you, right? You know what I'm talking about? That will get you moving for God. Notice what this says. Notice the subtitle of this series, Not Mine But Thine, Stewarding Time, Talent, and Treasure for Whom? Everybody say God. Guys, He is the one, not that we have to serve, but that we get to serve. We get to serve Him. That's a beautiful calling for our life. Now, whether you're a fan of the political right or you're a fan of the political left, you've probably listened on more than one occasion to Hall of Fame broadcaster Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh, he, over the last 30 plus years on the radio, he, he's developed quite a few lines that he regularly uses to open and close his, his program, like half my brain tied behind my back just to make it fair, or, or views like, uh, there are lines like the views expressed by the host of this program are documented to be almost always right 99.8% of the time. But his, probably his most well-known phrase when he's talking about himself is when he says this, talent on loan from God. Now, Rush Limbaugh has never been accused of thinking too lowly of himself, right? And we all chuckle a little bit, or maybe if, if he kind of gets on your nerves, maybe you roll your eyes a little bit when he says things like that about himself. But there's a sense that when he says talent on loan from God, he's actually saying something absolutely true. Now, not only about himself, but that's true about everybody. You see, every single one of us has talent on loan from God. God has gifted every single one of us with talents that we get to enjoy and we get to use in this life. And if God has given us a talent, which he has, then he expects us to steward it well. So this morning we're continuing in this new series called Not Mine, But Thine, which has the subtitle, as I said, Stewarding our time, talent, and treasure for God's kingdom. You see, we, we, we want to have the mindset that God has given us these things, right? These things, time, talent, treasure, are gifts from God that ultimately He retains ownership of. They don't belong to us. They are not for us. They belong to Him. They're for Him. They're not mine, but Thine. Last week we looked at the gift of time. Now this week we're going to look at the gift of talent. And God talks about this stewardship in several different passages of the scripture. But one passage that is incredibly clear, incredibly concise, comes to God, from God to us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And 11. I want to invite you this morning 
to honor the reading of the Word of God by standing with me. And if you're new to Eastwood, we do this because God's Word is God's Word, right? This is not just a book. This is God who has spoken to us, and it's all true. So we stand to reverence God who has spoken in His Word. The Word of God says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Fathers, we open your word today. We need you to not only understand this word, but to love this word, to be moved by this word, and then to go live out this word. And so, Father, I just pray over this people and anointing this morning of the Holy Spirit, a filling of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we might do your word here. We want to not just be hearers only, but doers. And so God, help us to do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Well, amen. Now, as you grab your seat, go ahead and grab your seat. Amen. As you grab your seat, here's today's takeaway that I want you to get from this text, that I believe God would have us to get from this text. And here it is. Maximize and exercise your God-given talent for others' good and God's glory. Let me say it again. Maximize and exercise your God-given talent for others' good and God's glory. This is what our text teaches us. He, God desires for us to do two things here. First, he wants us to maximize the gifting. We're going to talk about that more in a moment, which means we make it as strong as we can by the power of God. We sharpen it. We hone it. We grow it. We make the most of it. But not only are we to maximize it, we're to exercise it, which means we actually use it. We don't waste it. And when we do these two things, when we do these two things, two other things are going to happen. Other people will be blessed and God will be glorified. Right? Those are the two things there. Maximize and exercise your God-given talent for others' good and God's glory. And our text today points us to three truths that are going to help us to do that. Three truths about God and His giving of us talent to do that. The first truth is this, is that God has gifted every person on planet earth and doubly gifted Christians. Some of you in this room, even as I said that, you're thinking, oh, listen, my only talent is sleeping, right? And, and, and I'm so good at sleeping, I can do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> Some others of you are, are so full of self-doubt which actually, think about this for a moment, is not self-doubt. It's actually God-doubt. If you say this morning, I, I don't have any gifts. Other people are gifted, but not me. I'm not good at anything. Guys, that is rubbish. That's trash. 
Do you realize that you are made in the image of God? That means that all of the things that God wants you to have and wants you to be and wants you to represent here on planet earth has been given to you. Everything. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a marvelous work. And given all of those truths, God has gifted you. So the question is, are you going to believe yourself doubt? Or are you going to believe the Bible? Because look at what the Bible says, what God has said in verse 10. 1 Peter 4 verse 10, he clearly says, Each has received a gift. Beloved, that's you. You've received a gift. That's everybody. It is the common grace of God in every human being. Magician Wolfgang Reeb once said this. He said, everyone is gifted, but some people never open their package. The truth of the matter is, is that God has gifted you with some sort of of talent. And if you can't see yours, it's probably because you're thinking too narrowly. You're thinking too narrowly. You see, when you think about gift or talent in your brain, you most likely are thinking about, if you can't see yours, things that would win a talent show, right? American Idol or uh, America's you know, Got Talent or whatever those shows are that are on TV now, right? Maybe you're thinking about that. You're thinking about singing. You're thinking about dancing, you're thinking about magic tricks, or you're thinking about comedy, or, or maybe you're thinking over into the athletic arena, like dunking the basketball, or, or being able to sprint and win races. But guys, that's a very narrow definition of talent. You see, talent's, according to the Word of God, much broader than that. Much broader than that. You see, some of you, you have the talent to turn a wrench and fix stuff. Guys, that's a talent. It is. Some of you have the talent to bake food, delicious food. Some of you have the, the talent to be a great friend because you listen well and you empathize well and you are an encourager. Some of you have the talent to make a child feel special. There's just something about you that when a child is around you, they light up. Maybe you have the talent to grow stuff. I have a great talent at planting stuff. <laughs> Not a great talent at growing stuff, but a great talent at planting stuff. Now, some of you even have the talent to maybe organize or to systematize stuff. Or maybe you have the talent to make people feel welcome and at home. I mean, I could go on and on, right? I mean, the, the, honestly, the lists of talents from God are endless, really, when you think about it. I could go on and on, right? These are natural gifts that God just seems to be born in people, that God just seems to put inside of people. They have, it seems, just naturally coming out of them because of the way that they have been made, the way that they are constituted. And every single one of you has at least one of them. Now, the truth of the matter is that you actually have a bunch of them, right? If you were really to just sit down and stop defining a talent so narrowly, if you want a definition of a talent, here it is. I believe this to be a biblical definition. 
within the purview of what God uses it as in the Bible. It is this. Anything you are good at that blesses others and glorifies God. Anything that you are good at that blesses others and glorifies God. That's a broad definition. But it's supposed to be broad because God has gifted you in amazing ways. You are talented in amazing ways. I mean, listen, this is one of my joys as a pastor and a preacher. I don't have all of the gifts and talents, but together God brings it together. And one of my jobs is to just simply sit back and cheer you on. I get to be a cheerleader sometimes, and I, I love that about you. And so hear me today. I'm not just puffing you up. I'm preaching truth to you. You are gifted. You have talent on loan from God. So just right now, do something real practical. If you're taking notes or if you're just listening, I want you right now to begin to think about five things that you believe that you are good at, that blesses others and glorifies God. Five things that you are good at that blesses others and glorifies God. I bet you could come up with a lot more. And if you can't come up with five, turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I've only got three. Can you think of two more? Of course they can. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And you, because of God's grace, are talented. But here's the really cool thing. Christians are doubly gifted. (laughs) We're doubly gifted. You see, not only have we been given talent that seems natural to us, the Bible tells us that we've been given gifts that are spiritual to us. They are put into us by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, where it says this. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Guys, that means that every single Christian has been given spiritual gifting when you were born again. And this is added on to what you were given when you were born the first time. Now, several spiritual gifts are listed in Scripture. Administration. Let me, let me just, just read the list to you so you just have an idea of the sort of categories that you need to be thinking about when you think about how God has gifted you. Administration, being a missionary, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, which is encouraging others, faith, giving, healing, helps, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, prophecy, serving, speaking and understanding foreign languages, teaching or shepherding, and wisdom. Those those are the, that's the sort of the list that we see in Scripture. And so as you hear that, have you seen God working those things in you? Right? These are gifts that God works in you after you come to Christ. Now, they, they may not have been there before, right? 
And all of a sudden, when you came to Christ, you've seen that God has been working in you something, one of these things. It can certainly work that way. Or spiritual gifting from God can work this way also. It's not something that you didn't have before Christ. It's something that you've had naturally, let's say. Let's say that you naturally have the gift of gab. Or you naturally have the ability to sing. Or you naturally have the ability to organize. It's just who you are. It's how God has made you. Then that means that the Holy Spirit, when it comes in, here's what it does. It takes those natural things, those things that, you're, that are born in you, and it amplifies them. And it brings those things under the lordship of Jesus so that you use them then for God's purposes. So that's how spiritual gifting works. Either you didn't have them before Christ or you had them before Christ and they're made better and for God's glory after you come to Christ. That's how those work. And so, Kristen, you've not only been gifted, you've been doubly gifted. Gifted at birth and gifted at your rebirth. And so nobody, under the sound of my voice, Christian or non-Christian here today, can truthfully say, I have no talent. Because our text clearly declares, each has received a gift. Right? God has gifted you. And you have to realize this truth if you're ever going to maximize and exercise your God-given talent for others' good and God's glory. Now here's the second truth from our text, and it's this. is that God did not give you your talent to sit on the sideline. God did not give you your talent to sit on the sideline. It's meant to be used. Look again in our text, 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift... Here's the command, use it to serve one another. Use it to serve one another. Beloved, listen very closely to me. If God has given you a gift, then he means for you to use it. And going back to number one, we've already established he has. So let's change that if to a since. Since. God has given you a gift. He expects you to use it. He expects you to use it, to exercise it. You know, we talk a lot about this person or that person has a hidden talent. Should that be? (laughs) Should there be hidden talents in us? Guys, we should bring those things to the forefront, right? Hide it under a bushel. No! We're going to let it shine. You should let your talent shine. Now, you, you might be thinking, if I ever get the opportunity, Ben, I, I will let it shine. Well, one time there, there was this guy who had a talking dog. And he just knew, man, if I can just get this dog to the right person, if I can get him before the right people and get the right access and the right support, this dog will be world famous And so he finally got the opportunity that he'd been looking for. He got an appointment with a talent agent. And, of course, when he comes in to the talent agent, he says, Listen, man, my dog can talk. And, of course, the talent agent, he was totally skeptical. But he said, All right, let's hear this mutt talk. So the owner turned to his dog. He said, Okay, boy, here we go. 
What is the outside of the tree? Bark, bark, the dog said. And the guy was like, oh boy, yeah, great, here we go. What's on top of the house? Roof, roof, the dog said. All right, the owner said, that, that's what I'm talking about. What does sandpaper feel like? And the dog boomed, roof, roof. Oh, we're doing great, boy, keep it up. Who is the greatest Yankee baseball player of all time? And the dog said, Ruth, Ruth. Well, with each question, you can just imagine, man, the, the talent agent was getting more furious with each one. He was getting madder and madder because he feels like this guy is wasting his time. And so finally he stands up and he yells, enough of this. Get out of my office and don't you ever come back. And so they went out. The dog and the owner dejected, discouraged. And they walked down the street for a few minutes in silence. And then the dog turned to the owner and looked up at him and said, should I have said DiMaggio instead of Ruth? <laughs> Maybe he should have said that a moment ago in front of the agent, right? He missed his chance to really let his talent shine. Now, God, because he has given you these talents, did you know that in Ephesians chapter 2 it says that he has put good works before you? that you might walk in them. He is predestined, it even uses that word, predestined opportunities in one sense for you to do good works, to let your talent shine. So if you're waiting for the opportunity to show off your talent, you're probably missing it right now. God desires for you to engage, to use what he's given you for God's glory and for people's good. All around us, you've got to take the opportunity that God has given you. Stop sitting on the sideline, man. Jump in there. Exercise that gift. Here at Eastwood, you, if you've been with us for a, 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 any number of months now, you probably have heard us talk about you know, the six marks of discipleship that we talk about here at Eastwood. We summarize it by the acronym SAMUEL. Service, abiding, missions, understanding, evangelism, and love. Those are the six things that we believe God would have us to see born out in all of us. And that very first one, that S, service, asks this question. Am I using my spiritual gifts? Are you? And if you are, then to what measure? To the measure that God has given them to you? Let's be honest, some of you are on the sideline. Or some of you are in the game, but you're going through the motions. It's like the guy on the basketball court who instead of sprinting and going 100% is jogging and just getting by. God desires you to fully employ what he has given you. You have to realize that when you slack off, it hurts all of us. I mean, the Bible's clear from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that every gift that God has given us is important. Every one of them. We all have a gift that's important. Now, we don't all have the same gift. But all of them are equally 
important in one sense, right? We all are needed to make the body of Christ better. And, and that's kind of what God visualizes for us to help us to understand what he's talking about. That he, he visualizes a human body with all of these different body parts, right? We're not all the same body part, but we're all important to the function of the body. Just listen here for a moment so that you can understand how important what God has gifted you with is, is, is how important it is to the whole body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in the 14th verse. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The 21st verse. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the the head to the feet, I I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. What he's saying, I mean, that's just just an extended illustration, an in-depth illustration. He's basically saying this, just because you don't have the talent that somebody else has doesn't mean that you're not equally part and important to the body. So you can't sulk on the sideline wishing that you had something different because God has given you what he's given you for the purpose of blessing others and glorifying God. And it also means this. At no point can any of us say, I don't need the rest of the church. Guys, listen to me. This, this is one of the most common things that we see outside of these walls. Is where people think that Christianity is a Lone Ranger thing, but it's not. God has given us the church for a purpose And that is that we would be blessed together, that we would do better together, that we would glorify God greater together. And so we need each other, man. We need each other. We need you. Every part's important. And you're to exercise that talent. Not only are you to exercise that talent, but you're to maximize that talent. You're to become the best you that you can be. So that the body can be the best body it can be. Just like that weightlifter. Think about that for a moment. A weightlifter is a really good illustration of this because with a weightlifter, all of those parts of his body become overemphasized in one sense, right? I mean, he's got... I mean, everything just... Everything is just... (laughs) It's so out there, right? It's overemphasized in one sense. But it clearly shows us that how did he get there? He worked on it. And because of that, his whole body's better because of it. And that's what we should be doing, guys. We're all to be spiritual bodybuilders, 
focusing on our area that we would make the body better. Exercise what God has given you and by the power of God, make it better. Bertolotto Giovanni. You may not recognize that name. Even the most enthusiastic lover of art wouldn't recognize that name probably. Bart- uh, uh, Bartaldo Giovanni. But he was the pupil of Donatello. Not the Ninja Turtle, right? But the greatest sculptor in his day, Donatello. And he was the teacher of Michelangelo, the greatest sculptor of all time. So Donatello taught Bertoldo, and Bertoldo taught Michelangelo. And Bertoldo, he was wise enough to realize that people are often tempted to coast rather than to grow. Michelangelo came to him at the age of 14 years old. 14 years old when he came to Bertoldo. But it was already obvious Michelangelo was gifted. Right? He's the greatest sculptor of all time now. And so Bertoldo recognized his gifting. But one day he came into the studio and he found Michelangelo toying with a piece of sculpture that was far beneath his abilities. And so what did Bertoldo do? He grabbed a hammer and he smashed that sculpture into a thousand pieces. And he said this to Michelangelo. He said this. He said, Michelangelo, talent is cheap. Dedication is costly. Now, obviously we know that that God has not given you cheap talent. But the truth of the matter is, it's been given to you, right? You didn't work to earn the talent that God has given you. But here's the deal. God wants to take, wants, wants you to take what he's given you and he wants you to maximize it. Every one of us have been gifted and God expects you to dedicate and to discipline yourself to maximize that gifting so that you can exercise it for greater good and for greater glory. Maximize and exercise your God-given talent. But of course, that means you've got to get off the sidelines. You've got to get off the sidelines. Finally, this morning, if you're going to maximize and exercise what God has given you for others' good and God's glory, you have to realize the final thing is this, is that God will judge the stewardship of your talent. That's absolutely the case. We, that's just going to be a common theme, right? If, if God says we are stewards, that means he's going to hold us accountable for how we oversee what is actually his. Your talent is on loan from God. It ultimately belongs to him. That's why Peter says here in verse 10 again, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's grace, as good stewards of God's varied grace. He goes on into verse 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. A good steward realizes that he's been given a gift or that she has been given a gift and then 
puts it to use, maximizes and exercises that gift. Now notice, don't miss what it said though in verse 11. By the power of God. By the power of God. This is God working in you. Don't miss that. But as I hear this, that you and I are to be good stewards of the talent God has given us, my, my mind immediately goes to the parable that Jesus told. Right? The parable of the talents. Now, a talent is actually not a piece of money, although it's a financial term. A talent is, an, is, is sort of a set weight. It's like a ton, right? It's like a ton of something. So, so a talent could be any sort of thing. It, it's not one particular thing, right? You could have a ton of feathers or a ton of gold. You could have a ton of trucks or a ton of whatever, right? And same thing with a talent. But when it came to money in this passage here, we often hear God say, because remember, in, in, the, in, the, in the parable of the talents, God gives ten talents to one. He gives five talents to another one. And he gives one to the other one, right? He gives ten, five, and one. Actually, he gives five, two, and one. He gives five, two, one, and then he doubles that later. So five, two, and one is what he gives. Five talents, two talents, and one talent. But we often hear, oh, that, that poor guy just got one talent. Now, hold on. A talent in a financial measure is 20 years worth of income. <laughs> I mean, so in, in today's money, we, we're talking something more like $600,000 for just that one talent. So this was no small deposit, no small stewardship that the one who received one got. And I'm not going to read the passage. You can read the passage. But I want to draw your attention. You know where it says that, you know, the five went and, and he, he, he doubled it. And then the one with two, he went and doubled it. But the wicked one is the one who went and buried it. He hid the talent. Now, again, a talent is a weight, but as it comes into English over the years, our word talent for gifts and abilities actually comes from this Greek measurement, right? This word here. And so... In here, it's talking about a unit of measure, but as we move forward in time, it's actually talking about the things which God has given us as something worthwhile in our lives. It's something worthy, that's weighty, that's important. Here's the deal. The wicked one went and hid it. But I want, to, I want you to notice Matthew 25, 15. It says this. It says, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. Uh, to another, one. And then he has this phrase. So five, two, and one. To each according to his ability. To each according to his ability. I want to introduce you to one of our friends. Actually, I want to introduce you to three of our friends. This is the Green family. You can see them here on the screen. They are missionaries with the North American Mission Board, and we've worked with them in Salyersville, uh, doing uh, the Koinonia Center there, and they've recently, in the last year or so, moved from there, and now they're over in Pikeville uh, doing missions work there. But again, they're our missionaries with the North American Mission Board. And so that's Richard and Amy and their son, Alex. Now, here's a close-up of Alex. Alex is a cool kid, man. 
You know, he's one of those, you ever meet somebody and like you can't forget them? You often find yourself thinking about them. And this is Alex. Alex was born with various disabilities. Several different disabilities. But here's the beautiful thing about Alex. Every time we've been around him, he has maximized what God has given him. The last time that we were there with him in 2019, the summer of 2019, it was actually the, you know, Richard and Amy and, and Alex's last Sunday there at the church where they were in Salyersville. And they, he, he, he actually led the worship service that morning. And he did a, just an outstanding job. An outstanding job. Now remember what it said in Matthew 25, 15. Each was given the talents according to his ability. So the question is not this morning, how many talents have you been given or what is your ability? Here's the question. And S.D. Gordon, he summarizes this so well. S.D. Gordon, he was a prolific writer, an author, a minister with the, with the YMC organization in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Here's what he once said. And I think about Alex when I hear this. He says, we have nothing to do with how much ability we've got or how little. But we have everything to do with what we do with what we have. God gives it much or little. Our part is to be faithful. Doing the level best with every bit and scrap. Beloved, when you stand before your creator, he will not ask you, were you the most talented? That's not his question. Because he's determined that. He's given according to abilities and in his own grace and his own providence, his own sovereign plan. Here's what God is going to ask you. Were you faithful with the talent that you were given? And we know good and well that the first two servants in the parable of the talents heard, well done, good and faithful servant. And the one who squandered the talent that he was given was called wicked. Beloved, be faithful. Be faithful. God is going to judge the stewardship of your talents. Not your talent. The stewardship of your talents. So here's my prayer as the praise team comes. May your life be a talent show that causes everybody to applaud God. That's my prayer for all of us. Hi there, this is Pastor Ben. I have something really important to ask you, but first, I want to say thank you for taking the time to make this digital connection with us through our podcast. I hope the message you just listened to was a blessing, but an even greater blessing than this digital connection would be for you to connect with us in person this coming Sunday at one of Eastwood's two campuses where we get the joy of living life together in Jesus' name. 
And now for that really important question, which is the most important question you'll ever answer. Where do you stand before God? Now, based on what you've done, the straightforward answer is that you stand guilty and condemned before God. You are a sinner who completely deserves God's wrath forevermore in hell. And I deserve the same thing also. I mean, every person does. Guys, that's terrible news. And even worse is the fact that there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to change that. You need a Savior. But I have good news. God loved the world so much that He sent Jesus to be your Savior. Jesus came and lived the perfect life that you cannot live, and He stood condemned on the cross, dying the death you deserve. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead to prove to everybody that he is indeed the Savior of the world. And now Jesus longs to change your standing before God by making a trade with you. He desires to take what you've earned, which is the wrath of God in hell, and to give you in return what he has earned, which is the blessing of God in heaven. When this trade happens, instead of standing guilty and condemned before God, you will stand forgiven and righteous with the promise of everlasting life. So what must you do to have your standing before God changed? First, admit to God you are a sinner. Second, hate your sins. Turn from them and ask God to forgive you. And finally, turn to Jesus in faith and love, putting your complete hope in Jesus' life death and resurrection and follow him until the day you die wherever you are listening to this podcast jesus is ready to make this trade with you and i pray that you would trust in jesus and be saved thank you again for connecting with us and i hope to see you soon at eastwood baptist church